My wife and I have our own kids. It's a scary world. It's a scary So how am I going to make my son safe? He's going to camp. Well, don't go to camp. So keep him home? Does he have friends at home? Homeschooling? What do I have? So picture the mother who, her instinct, every mother wants her son safe. So the mother repeats to him over and over young ages, nobody's allowed to touch you. I apologize to speak blunt, but I have to say this. So the mother constantly warning him, telling him, and if anybody does tell me, are those kids safer? Do those kids avoid? And then it happens. Most like, I spoke to him for years. I can't believe it. She loses her mind. What happened? I spoke for years to the kids. Camps, I'm there at meetings. I've worked in camps for years, and they gather the counselors. If anybody hugs the kid and touches the kid, then you're fired. Have we made our kids safer? Have we caused less incidences? All our talk, the tough talk, the sweet talk, is it, has it helped? I want to say that the only way, the only way, this is what I believe is safety. I'm going to tell you a story. We had a boy who learned here. He came here very, very upset. Very, very, very upset, and upset at Hashem, upset at Yiddishkeit, extremely upset. He graduated here in love with his Rebbe, in love with Yiddishkeit and Hashem, and is continuing his journey in Eretz Yisrael, doing amazing. A few months after he was here, he opened up to Rebbein, and he was in a very stark place, and there was rampant, inappropriate things going on in his class, rampant in a very stark, in a very strong, safe place, rampant, and he opened up to us about it. And the reality is he got healthy, went to therapy, worked with his Rebbe, and is, is in a very, very good place. Last summer, that yeshiva was in, and I'm not trying to knock the yeshiva, it's all us, it's, there's no us in there, it's us. I want us to learn something, that yeshiva is, is me and me, it's us. Last summer, a group of our guys were going to a camp, and that Rosh Hashiva heard Waterbury guys are here, and he pulled out five of his kids. It's not safe to be with the Waterbury guys. In the yeshiva, that there's rampant, inappropriate things going on that we were told by this kid and subsequently other kids. Now, I'm not, there's no them here. I want to explain something. I just think we have to get down what makes safe. How many people sent to safe? Now, the goal, if you walk out of here, it's nothing safe. It's a crazy world. You had a bad day in Idaho. Horrible day. That's not what I'm saying. Trauma is not what happens to our kids. Yaakov Avinu's brother wanted to kill him. Did Yitzhak do a bad job? The greats of our lives, did they protect their kids? Has anybody been reading the parashas that tell you what the greats went through? My own children, your children, are you capable of saying we protect as much as we can? Our kids have their challenges in life. You failed if they have challenges? What can we do? It's a world. Uh, Yitzhak failed. Yitzhak succeeded. We all come from Yaakov Avinu. His brother wanted to kill him. He was by Lavan, who was robbing him for 20 years. Did his parents succeed? The goal of our lives, what happens to our children, is not what we're trying to avoid. Though we protect whatever we can, that's a natural, normal instinct. That's not the main thing we give our kids. We give our kids that if something happens, come cry to us about it. We give our kids that they can process. Trauma is not what happens to you. 
I'll tell you the truth. Abacher went through something the other week, and I met with him for two hours, and we had incredible conversation. The parents called me at night, oh my goodness, freaking out. I, I respect that. The parents are scared, are concerned. The kid opened up on 15 years of things he needed to say. And probably the best day of his life, he expressed. Trauma is not to go through something hard. It's to go through something hard, and you can't talk about it. That's trauma. You'd be shocked that a lesser thing, a guy can go through a girl or something severe, and they cry to mama, and it does not have traumatic impact. It's not fun, it's not good what happened, they cried to somebody and spoke. The icker of trauma is much lesser things that people have no voice to express, no ability to process, that's trauma. No, no self, a kid once got up in yeshiva the last night, and he described his elementary class, and he said, I was beaten, I was bullied, there was no me to defend me. And he thanked the guys, thank you for giving me to defend me, there was no me to defend me. It wasn't what he went through, it was there was no me to defend me. We can hand our children that there's a me with love, with understanding, with good conversation, with healthy relationship, we can hit. What makes Waterbury safe is people talk and express. Guys cry. Guys say, I was with Nurse Ralph recently, and a boy was expressing, he did not, he was talking about anxieties that he's had for years, and he doesn't even know what the word anxiety means. And he was expressing things that he needs to talk a lot about, a lot. He was expressing, we were here, we understood. Much conversation is needed. Safety is when you talk when you express, when there's a need to protect me. The, what makes Waterbury safe, and the only thing safe in the world is kids, guys talk, is this honesty. You could actually say, this is what I feel, this is what I've experienced. You could actually talk, that's the only thing I know of that's safe in the world. There are many, I put, my sons are in this school, in this dorm, sleeping here, they're here, because I want them in a safe place. And they're in a safe place where they could talk and do talk, whether it's a dorm counselor, whether it's to other guys, whether it's to Rebbein. To me, safe, I have a different view of what's safe. And I'm not saying, of course, we protect our kids, but talking, relating, connecting in an honest, real way. I'm not afraid what you express, and I want to hear you. I want to hear you. Please express. It matters what you're feeling. And giving a voice to that, and allowing that to develop, that there's a person who feels and experiences and can express their experiences, that's safe. We live in a world, we, li we live in a world, there's a lot of communication in the world, there's a lot of ducking behind anonymous communication, online, texting and expressing, but in a face-to-face, -face, looking somebody in the face, there's very, very little of that type of expression, I'm lonely, I'm scared, I'm feeling certain things, that's very, the honest, real, a healthy guy is allowed to say, I struggle sleeping at night. I worry about existence. I have all these questions floating in my mind. The yeshiva was created for honest conversation. And the best thing to make all of our children safe, and you're a massive part. You didn't send to a yeshiva and work your magic, whatever. That's not what it is. I beg every parent here, our own self, to get in touch with ourselves. The healthier we are, cry and express.
The fact that the mothers to each other have forums that they talk and express and share, it has complications, because sometimes it's scary if somebody's expressing things, oh my goodness, each one's their own unique experience. It doesn't mean that's what your son's experiencing, but the fact that this healthy expression and sharing is excellent for us and excellent for our children. The best thing we can give our children is an honest relationship. That's the best thing in the world. When there's a close and honest relationship, they will have the ability through all the vicissitudes of life to deal, to work, to respond. I'm not saying when a kid's little, we certainly protect them, and that's the protection. The protection as they get older, when they're 20, 30, 50, 80, is an honest relationship and an honest conversation. Real conversations, that's, that's what's powerful. I beg every mother to engage in real conversations. Our kids will be scared of them. It will take time to do it, to get in there. It will take our own vulnerability, but to come close to our children. That is the mission of Waterbury. I want, we have a parents' day. This the only interesting parents' day. You know, guys ask me about parents' day. Guys were anxious leading up. It's very young. You think it's lost on us? What's going to happen? I'm sitting with my mom, my dad. Is this going to be comfortable, awkward? We're not, it's not lost on us. I want, and do you know, after Father's Day, a buffer's told, called, the next day, a guy told me, Rebbe, you killed my night. I cried three hours. You hurt me. I cried three hours after Father's Day. And it brought out a very complexity in his relationship. Now that he cried is healthy, is healthy. His pain is real. But I want him to face and work. All of us have a sugi in our life called mom and a sugi in our life called dad. We all have that sugi. It exists in our life. And working through it and developing the healthiest relationship with dad, the healthiest relationship to mom, is a big part of growth and shagging. It's not like lost on us. We have a parent's day. You know how anxious a lot of guys are? It's normal. It doesn't speak anything bad about us. It's normal. There's anxiety. In, in, in the healthiest situations, there's anxiety. Mom's dad, how does it work? How does it look? These are all normal things. But I want somebody grappling with his mother relationship and dad and figuring out and resolving and facing. And I want the yeshiva to encourage them. We have a parents' day. We have Father's Day. We have Father's Day once, once a year. I wish it could be every Sunday. I wish we should have parents' day more often. It's not that practical to have parents' day more often. But the survey of relationship to our parents is huge. I dare say in most of our lives, it's the main impact of our life, is the relationship to mom and to dad. And what I say to every parent, is the more we are healthy ourselves, the more we create a healthier relationship, that's the best gift we give to our children. To say it in very blunt words, we all want to give our kids the world. The best thing to give our kids in the world is a relationship. The best thing in the world is a relationship. I'm going to make a point to you, and I'm curious if this resonates for everybody here. Did you ever, did you ever think about the spoiled kid? Somebody is spoiled. What does it mean to be a spoiled child? So mom and dad give everything. He never gets a no. He's a spoiled child. He doesn't get a no. That's a spoiled child. He always gets yeses. Do you know I think a spoiled child, and I'm going to ask if this resonates, is actually a kid who got the great big no. And I'll tell you how this plays out in my life. When I am very, very busy, 
and haven't looked at my son enough, I find myself wanting to run to 7-Eleven and buying him a Slurpee. And I call out and I say, Dan, I say, Dan, don't give him a Slurpee, give him you. You're trying to buy him things instead of you. The spoiled kid, all of us can picture a classmate or somebody who knows a spoiled child, was not all the yeses they get. Why they get so many yeses? It's natural for a parent to sometimes say no. It was a lot of guilt in not saying the ultimate yes, here is me, relationship. We're giving things a lure of relationship. And that's a lot of times the spoiled child. But I beg all the mothers, every single one of us in this room, is to dig deep and give relationship to our kids. That means the healthiest version of us, as best as we can, and the healthiest relationship that we can. We, we, we mean the world to our kids. So much of the success is guys, of guys, so much is, is the parent. And the power of one parent to do it. The power of one parent. Sometimes it feels, when we look at the world, it feels like we're up against the left. It feels like we're up against the left. We started this high school, started 14 years ago, Baruch Hashem. And, and in, 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 in certain ideas, we are unique. Just what we perceive as safe and not, we think different than a lot of schools. And I want schools to revisit. Plenty of safe schools, plenty of your kids were in safe schools and it wasn't safe, I promise you. It's not to scare you, it's to tell you that the most safe is you're close to your kid and you're just talking. The most safe is your kid is expressing and can cry and express and, and have honest conversations. That's the most safe in the world. 14 years ago we were starting something very unique and you could challenge what can one institution do? What can one place, one person do? And the answer, these parishes I tell you, we're reading about Avram Aminu. And Avram is called an Ivri. An Ivri is he stands alone and stands for truth and ultimately changes the whole world. The world today is mostly, the major, an overwhelming majority of the world believes in Hashem. And that is because of Avram Avinu, one man. The Bible is the best-selling book in the world. In the world. Gayim Amaminu. Everybody believes in Hashem. And one man made a revolution of Emunah and impacted the entire world. Our name of the Jewish people is called Evrayim. We're called an Ivri. We come from Avram is the power of one. I never want a mother to say, I'm going up again so much. There's a world, there's challenges, there's difficulties. You're describing, I came here thinking at least Waterbury's dangerous, other places are safe. And Caleb says, other places are dangerous. Gosh. I say every place is safe because of you. You have the possibility of making things safe. And when we do our responsibility and our, what we have the possibility of doing, we create safe places. And nobody should underestimate the power of one mother. We've seen it in yeshiva. We've seen in yeshiva a mother's belief and a mother's, a mother's work. We've seen tremendous, tremendous power of a mama. But a mother, I just, just now, it's interesting, a friend of mine, Yechiel Shon, is a Rebbe in elementary school. Somebody has a massive impact. He loves Durham. He played in the basketball league for two years. A married kid with many kids. A married guy with many kids. Played in our Durham basketball league. He came. He's a Rebbe in the Yeshivatana. Has no connections here. And he started coming here to play. Just loves the guys and loves the atmosphere. This Yechiel Shon is a powerhouse. He's a great Rebbe who's impacted many lives. He just a week ago, Satcha, they lost his mother. He had 11 kids, 
at that Shiva house, it was magical. Yechiel was a big person in our community, and he and he just spoke about his mother. I never resigned to meet his mother, and he spoke about his mother. And all of us who are amazed from this person know that whoever that he is comes from his mama. David Amela, who's a force in Klal Yisrael, says, "Ani Avducha Ben Amosecha." You know where I come from, my mother. He attributes where he comes from to his mother. Ani Avducha, I'm an Eved Hashem. Where does it come from? Where do we get it? David Amela, Ben Amosecha, from his mother. The power of a mother, of a sincere mother, an authentic person, both her prayers and the relationship and the chizuk and the belief in the child is that wins out over all forces. So when you ask it safe, Hashem made a beautiful world. He made a beautiful world where a mother's love can conquer all, is more powerful than all. Nobody has to sit there, nobody should waste time being afraid. Let's energize and proactively giving a relationship and developing whatever it is, making it better. Developing it, all of us, with our own children, I want to develop with my kids, better, more. It's an area of life. I want to learn a pasuk with you in this week's parsha. It's a pasuk that's dazzling to me. Avram Avinu might be the greatest human being who ever stepped foot on this earth. Avram Avinu, and an idealist who changed world history. In the world today, most of the world is monotheistic, believes in one God, and that's from Avram Avinu who changed the world. And the pasuk asks, why does Hashem love Avram Avinu? Ki adapted in Parshas Vayera. Why does Hashem love Avram? I would have many answers to that question, why Hashem loves Avram. Why does Hashem love Avram Avinu? You know why Hashem loves Avram? So we would have many, he was one of the great idealists who ever lived. He changed the world. And the Pasuk says, Because he impacted his family. All the impact out there is wonderful, but Hashem loves him. He raised the Mishpacha family. The greatest impact and the greatest the person can be is to his, to his or her own family. Hashem's love of Avram is for what he was to his own family. And that's the opportunity that all of us have and creating a connection and developing and getting to that connection, that's the, that's the answer. And that's, that's how I see things being safe. That's how I see people growing and shining. What the yeshiva provides to a bakr is an honest conversation. There she ordered as best for all these things, an honest conversation, an honest relationship. There, to the school, to the classic school, secular school system, which is dry, you all in schools, they're pretty dry, you go to class, bell rings, next class. There, there, there are three approaches that one can have to the classic school system. Approach number one, schools are dry, let's add fun. There's a genre of schools, they go skiing once a week, they do fun activities, so instead of the dryness of school, we have energetic youth, let's add fun. I'm not so into that, it's cute, we all need fun, me and you should, we all should have fun in our lives, of course a person should do fun stuff. I'm not so, I don't look at that as, as anything so, such an answer, but there's a genre that's a response to the dryness of schools is to add fun to the equation. I'm not against it, fun is good. I don't look at that as much of a solution. There's a second that I take more serious, but I still don't view it as the final solution, as the, as the real answer. It's a second approach that I think is meaningful, but it's not the full approach. 
The second approach to the dryness of schools, that a kid just goes to school and sits there hours of our life, and it's just there, is that school celebrates one talent. School celebrates a certain type of intellect. It's a very narrow, everybody, it's eight billion people close to in the world, everybody's brilliant. Everybody's, the mind is, is heavenly. So everybody's brilliant. School taps into a certain type of brilliance, and the brilliant type of guy that fits school and girl has, gets from it. Everybody else's skills are overlooked. If you have any other skills, school doesn't really have much, doesn't really offer you much. It's not that relevant. If a girl's a very good dancer, does school care about that? At the best on Sundays, she has, but the dominant part of her life, she's not a hero that she has that. School celebrates very, very narrow, and many of our kids are not celebrated. And then they're asked to somehow compete for attention, to get the respect, and, and it's a very narrow game, game, very, very narrow, and what they're successful and strong at is not celebrated. So there's a whole other genre of school that I appreciate a lot that skills matter. Waterbury subscribes to this, and I'm in this. The kids and artists, it matters a lot. In Yeshiva, we will celebrate his pictures. We're going to look at them if he sings well. We're going to enjoy it. We're going to tap into it if he's poetic, if he raps, if, he, if he's good looking. It matters to be good looking. If you're handy, it matters to be handy. We want to see. We have a Bahru fix that creates. I don't say we always have the format to tap into it. But we're interested. Any skill, if a guy's a good skier, that matters in life. This world matters, and it's not side from school. Avram was a gifted warrior. He won wars. That matters. Avram was a gifted orator. That matters. Skills matter. They're all full. They matter a lot. And we celebrate any gift a, kid, a guy has, not as a pretend. It's not a cute thing. like we Because it matters. And anything, and everybody is gifted and skilled, and we're going to look and find what's his strength, what's his power. People are powerful. And it's going to be celebrated. The varsity player is great at basketball, that's celebrated. The guy who draws beautiful pictures just as much, and it's relevant, and brought out, and noticed, and counts, and matters in yeshiva. Any and all skills matter and count. And they're wide variety of things, and that's a genre of schools, much less, but that I, I believe in that a lot, and Waterbury subscribes to that. But there's a third thing that most schools do not, unfortunately, yet tap in, and I hope that through this yeshiva we make a dent, and we change how schools think is relationship, connection, honest conversation. There's remarkable little of that. I was a goody-goody in school, in a very good school. I did not share much in four years of school with anybody. Very frightfully little of an honest sharing of what I was thinking, of what I was experiencing, just of how I was going through life. That's scary. That's not okay. And the third thing, what this yeshiva represents is the honest conversation. There are about 35 dorm counselors who are picked, handpicked, who are there to have honest conversations with our children. They're and there for honest conversations, and that's the heart and soul of the yeshiva. There's so many people who feel so many things, they don't have, and you can't rush this. Your son is here, did he have the honest conversation yet? Not necessarily. 
There's so many feelings. Shame is very prevalent. We have a lot of youngsters who've seen things and been exposed to things from young ages. There are all different types of thoughts and feelings that are locked inside. This is a place of honest conversation. I want to, hopefully, with Siyat Shmayer, bring that to all our school systems. I was just in Lakeland for Shabbos. I missed my second Shabbos, I think, in seven years here. My brother made a symptom, I was away for Shabbos. And on the street, I was stopped by many dozens of people who did not look like they fit the Waterbury profile. And like adults to youngsters saying, we're listening to the Torah of the Yeshiva. And they're listening to the Torah of the Yeshiva as one of relationship, connection, and honest conversation. I got a letter last year in the mail from a mainstream Yeshiva, mainstream, and a group of guys said it came with $50. You're not supposed to mail in the regular mail money. I get $50, and the letter says that me and my friends, we listened to the Torah of the Yeshiva, and because of the honesty and honest conversation of the guys, we are having more honest conversations. We'd love to give more. This is what we can afford. We collected it, but the Yeshiva is saving our lives. That's a letter I got at the end of the year last year. So I want to express that your son is in a place of conversation. I ask, and I thank you for joining that. There are many mothers here. As Mrs. Barnett is here for years, she's been somebody of powerful influence in yeshiva, both in terms of her own connection to her children and in influencing other parents. She's not here today, Mrs. Weberman, for years, and she still stays active. There are many, many mothers who have been powerful forces of having impact on the world. And the impact is, it's important to define the revolution, honest conversation. Honest conversation, not to be afraid of honest conversation. True and honest conversation, that's the, that's the revolution. Relationship and connection through honest conversation. We can get places. When we share, when we're honest, we get places. So that's, that's the strength of the yeshiva, Baruch Hashem. We're seeing, we're seeing positive. It's, it's amazing to watch in Yeshiva from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. I want to express this to you. In a secular school, the year is not your kid's journey, it's the school's journey. They start on a certain page in social studies. At the end of the year, they complete that. They start on a certain page. Your, a kid's journey is just ding, ding, the bell goes and you go to this class and you listen to the teacher. The journey, even in Hebrew, we start with this parasha. So the end of the year is the school, the graduation celebrates the school. Your journey, your journey wasn't, the school was the bell, opening bell to the end bell, to the next class, the next class. So the graduation is very not magical, because the graduation is really the school. The kids will celebrate the school's graduation, the building had a graduation. And next year they're gonna rewind and go back to that first page in social studies and continue. In, in Waterbury, Connecticut, the journey is your son. It matters where he's up to. It's not our journey. It matters where he's up We also have our journey. But your son is a journey. Guys struggle in yeshiva. It's fascinating. When you come back, it's a very hard place. The staff struggles and the kids, and it's totally new. We start again, really. Not from the beginning of the book. We start again to learn a new crowd. And the guys, who they are matters. It matters what the school is, who your son is. And it's not a building you walk into, it's people. And it matters what he's thinking, what he's feeling, and we re-plug into that. 
and it becomes a new environment of the new guys. It's not, they're not asked behave and just join our journey, we're joining their journey. And it starts new, and you can watch over the year the whole environment getting more serious, and guys coming out and expressing and talking. The conversation gets much more subtle and much better. So we're watching, we're in a good place. I like that parents' day is now. We're getting somewhere. Many, many guys have opened up and shared, many, not all. It happens in different ways. I want you to know, and I'm not looking for dramatic situations. You might hear something happen. Three Friday nights, I was up with the dorm guest from one to six, something happened. So you might hear, oh my goodness, something happened. Usually that's when lives change the most. An event happens, we had this and I was with, I was talking about that experience with the nurse. People open up and talk and express and there's positive change. Don't panic when you hear there's an event, something happens, where we're, people are expressing, people are talking, people are going on walks, things are being dealt with. And usually when incidents happen, that's when the most change happens in the yeshiva. It doesn't need a big incident. Don't doubt that your son gets into a fight. I don't like fights. It doesn't need a fight. It doesn't need a big incident. And when I'm talking the way I'm talking, many of our journeys, I'm not talking anything extreme. Many, many of our sons, most of the guys in yeshiva, we're not talking about trauma. Most of the guys, overwhelming. I'm talking about you and I, all of us have a story, all of us. It doesn't, the biggest goody-goody in the class, I'm asked by people who listen, I rip the good boy, I make fun of him day and night. I've been called up by many people, are you making fun of me? I'm the good boy, I listen to the shirim, and I explain, I'm making fun of a mythical figure. This world's a world of challenges, a beautiful world, a tremendous world. Nobody goes unchallenged. That's the kindness of Hashem. He loves us, and we all have our own journeys. I'm making fun of the mythical person. There's no such person unchallenged. We only look at the, another person. They have it easy. We all have our challenges. I'm asking all of us to embrace it, to work through it, to tap into our challenges. We're reading the parashiyas of the Torah, and I'm going to close with this. I'm going to end with this. This is a new vart. Avi brought his mother. Avi, I want to share this vart. This is this vart. This vart, Avi, is my late. This vart makes me crazy. I'm closing with this. We're late for the music. I bounced the looked in. He causes things to run successfully here. I want to end with this vart. This is one of my favorite vartim, and I want to share this with you, and then we're going to get to the next part of the program. Sarei Menu, Sarei Menu travels to Mitzrayim and a very rough journey. There's a, they, they go to Eretz Yisrael, Sarei and Avram Avinu go to Eretz Yisrael. There's a hunger, a famine, which is unfathomable, and they go back to Egypt, to running away from the famine. And it says that Sarei Menu is a medes biyafya, she looked good after the trip. Now you have to learn to study Chazal very exact. Learn to read the words exact. Chazal say that the normal thing is when a person travels, they're misbazet. Through the Tayreya Haderach, the difficulty of the journey, a person's misbazet, and Sari Menu stayed looking good through the journey. I think that's a life changing fact. I want to explain it. Our, the Waterbury Wolf Pack have a peculiarity. We're in a league of basketball, and we're a very good team. 
we actually, we have a chance of going the whole way this year. Actually, very, very good. Thanks to Moshe Weiner, thanks to all of you. We're very, very good. And, um, watch online, you can go to the games, we're actually very, very good. Now, I'm finishing up. Now, the, the Wolfpack have the following, God is very poetic. If this is not poetry, every single team in the league plays seven home games and seven road games, except one. Waterbury Wolfpack play 14 road games. There's poetic justice there. Sometimes it feels like we're always on. Road games are much more difficult. You're in foreign territory, they're screaming and yelling and cheering. The Wolf Pack, it has to do with the, the, league, the rules of the league. They don't go to Connecticut. There's only one team in Connecticut, mind you, and it's Tri-State Area League. They don't go to Connecticut. We have to play 14 road games. The guys often complain about the trip. We could travel, when we go to Hillel, it's four, four and a half hours. We need to travel nine hours in a day. You go to the closest place, two, two and a half hours, we need to travel five hours in one day. And guys will often complain about the trip. And I have thought to myself, what are they complaining? We have beautiful cars, air-conditioned, heated, beautiful music. What's the problem? You know, back in the day, they were riding on horses. They were listed, there were robbers and bad animals, what are people talking about, complaining about traveling? We get in a beautiful car. Why does traveling, me and you can relate, a wedding in Lakewood, we complain and fetch. What's the problem? You get in the car. I went with my, my wife and I drove three hours last night. It was wonderful, perfect temperature, nice discussion. Like, what's the problem? I want to tell you why we, I believe we hate travel. I dive into Hashem since I'm a kid. I love travel. I dive into Hashem. You know that kid in the family who vomits and ruins a trip? I don't have one like that. <laughs> but what, what's our deal with travel? Big deal. So I want you to hear the words of Chazal. Art scroll, art scroll is not a translation. They're a wonderful work. They're a pirish. They're not a translation. They're, they explain, it's very important. They say this on themselves. Art scroll translates that through the Tereach of Adam is they look unsightly. That's not what the word means. Misfaza means disgrace. I think why we struggle with travel is we're all annoyed that we're human. It's the indignity of being human. An angel wants to be in Lakewood for a wedding, so you're in Lakewood for a wedding. We should want to be there, and you're there. Travel is so stupid. The guys want to play basketball against Frisch. You have to, like, get me? That's, like, so angry, I want to play ball. And we all should be angelic that if I want to be there, an angel doesn't travel. When you were little, you learned about kvitsa saderech. Please don't stay childish forever. What does it mean, the grace? Like they speed and blink and they're there. What does that mean? What's it saying to you and I? They used to have magic, now we don't. So we learn about irrelevant information. What does it mean, sadiq, in that kvitsa saderech? That they go fast, they have faster cars? So I want to explain to you what kvitsa saderech means. Human beings, because of journeys, get very upset about journeys. It's so maddening. All the, the indignity of it, it's so frustrating. Things aren't going our way. The desk, it's so hard. I want to blink and get to the last night of the school year. When every kid is shining and we cry the night and people are mature and close. The indignity that we have to go through a fight on a Friday night, we have to go through a kid missing, sleeping late, all the frustration. 
All of us want to get there. It's so frustrating, the journey. So frustrating, the trip. And that's why people look terrible coming out of cars. They don't want the car ride. The stupid journey, indignity of being human. Sari Menu walks out of the car and she looks perfect. Unchanged. She walks out of the car, she can play fresh. Our guys want to get there like two hours before the game and eat and just so they can like get their legs. I know what they mean. Because we walk out of the car, I've gone to, I've literally gone to weddings and I get to the wedding and I'm supposed to look fishy. I don't even know where I am. I'm like, I have dandruff everywhere. <laughs> like trying to like figure out what's happening. Like a fish for you. Like, like, oh, about the wedding. wedding. I need like three hours to like land. We struggle with travel because we're frustrated by the journey. And we want to be angelic. I want to be there. And the truth of life is great people don't mind traveling. Guys, no, never go with me if you want to get somewhere fast. I stop at every rest stop. The reason I do that, I, my kids know this, and the guy, I stop a lot because the journey matters to me. If I'm going to a wedding, I have guys who've traveled a lot of hours. We've had life-changing experiences. Us Hasidim, Hasidic Jews, speak about the Balagol of the wagon driver a lot. Because the journey matters. Because every step of our life is significant. Sari Menu looks great coming out of a long journey because she has faith in Hashem. And every step of the journey is important. It's not just the destination. And Mimela, Sari after a trip looks great. It was, I told guys on the basketball team, in 40 years, the game, you won't remember most of them. You'll always remember the trip to the game. Going with friends, conversation. The trip back after a game is fascinating. After losses, the frustration. After wins, the celebration. You'll always remember the trips back and the trips matter. And I say to all of us, we're on a journey our own lives and our kids, the greats, appreciate the journey. Would they live with faith? Don't just say, when my kid gets to where I want, when I marry him off, when he's growing, when he's making his seum, each step is very precious and important. Each step matters a lot. You'll see when you think like this and realize the importance of the journey, I love the boring waterberry day, it's very important. And I've learned to celebrate. I joke about getting to the last night. The last night's magical. I love every day in between. It's frustrating. It's not fun to be up to six in the morning. I feel bad when the kid's crying. When a guy's speaking to the nurse and I am expressing his pain, it hurts. But all that's part of the journey. All that is part of each person expressing, saying each detail of our journey is important and precious. Sari Menu walks out of the car and she's fresh. Their parents here, I've watched the Muller family as a family. I'm unchanged from watching that amazing family. The father, mother, the whole mishpacha. The Willow family, we have families here who have, they're big people, very, very big people. I've watched the Berner Mishpacha, these are real families that are here. It's not just like they're patient, they're waiting for their, we're all humans on a journey. And every step is important and precious and counts, each struggle, it all matters a lot. I thank you all for being here. I thank you for allowing us to share the journey with you. The schedule is we're going to go to the diet, everybody to come.